Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and today's show is going to be about someone who is young, and she started in her career at 19 in real estate. She started to create wealth very quick, and we're talking about her relationship with money and where her passions have changed now that she's 35. So she's had a, a lot of experience with the markets going up and going down, but that relationship with money is now becoming more constant because of those life experiences. So. Please stay tuned. We love to have you here. And uh, Risha will be with us here in just a moment. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and we have a beautiful guest here today. Her name is Risha Guarnada. I'm going to let her explain to you what she has done and what she's accomplished in her, in her early ages and basically what her goals are today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. And here's a copy of our oh, book, Wealth awesome. by Design. Oh, I love it. I signed it, it for yes. you. I hope that you like it. Great. I'm It'd excited. be honored to have you read it. So. I would love to. Um, this is awesome. So I started real estate when I was 19. Okay. So I'm 35 now, just for reference. Okay. Um, but, We're not supposed to tell our age. Oh, I know. Okay. But I, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started real estate at 19, okay. right out of high school, really. I went to a community college, mm -hmm. and my professor said, hey, you'd make a good Realtor. Okay. Um, at the time, I wanted to be a vet. Wow. Um, Did you have family in the business or anything like that? No, I just just you. Okay. I just love. I, I loved animals, but I knew I couldn't do that whole thing with you know yeah. any of it. And um, and so once I got real with that, um, I really started researching what it is I wanted to do. Okay. And he made that recommendation, and all that I ever knew about a realtor was you know bus benches. Okay. And so I never knew anything about, you know, I, I know that the advertisements, yeah. yeah they, okay. they help you sell a home. Like, what does that mean? Is it, uh, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, a lot of people don't know how realtors get paid. They don't know really what they do. Um, so just, I, I got to research that a little bit. I started out as an intern okay. and then it just grew from, then I just started selling real estate Okay. and watched the market experience its highs and lows. Sure. Um, and you started in real estate in 2004, right? Yeah, so I got, actually was licensed January of 2004, so I wow. started a little okay. bit before that in 2003. Okay. So you're kind of in that boom time. Right, yeah. yeah. I watched, got um, lucky. watched homes just skyrocket. Sure. I would get calls, say, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a home in you know, Alpine for 350000 I was like, great, this is going to be a great <laughs> client. That's going to be easy. And then I'd look in the MLS, and what do you know? Like, there's, there's nothing available already. Right, but a couple right. months ago, yeah. you know, there was more inventory. So I really watched that affect my business just just starting out just going into it just watching the market climb well and you've done some interesting things in your career so far so you owned a brokerage you said mm -hmm. and then you've also done some things in the last year that you were kind of proud of yeah yeah so uh, I, I I think the the biggest thing I guess I could I, everything that I've done I'm proud of because it it created the person I am today so even like the parts where I feel mm -hmm. oh I failed at that you know like mm -hmm. that didn't make it to where I wanted it to be sure it actually served a really huge purpose and so opening my real estate brokerage that helped me learn more about brand and I actually and, and having that for three years I even rebranded my real estate okay. brokerage so okay. I, I started out with a brand and it was super feminine and it worked with the location that we were at the de design everything fell into this brand mm. but then I realized it just wasn't me okay and so I scratched that all we wow. moved locations we uh, tripled in size with wow. agents and then we um, we made it more of like of more more of my brand I hired someone that uh, knew me really well a good friend of mine who does branding and uh, it just it all works. So I really learned about like what brand identity can do and okay. how it can start with a logo. Mm -hmm. 
and 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 really of who you're going to attract because with my sure. first brand it was all women okay. and then when I hired men I had to kind of go for like the more okay you know a, a different look a more, okay. a more masculine a more cleaner look so uh, so that was a cool win there uh, got into like a, a name dispute and stuff like that so I actually oh, had boy. to close my brokerage okay I wasn't going to go up against attorneys on their the name that they said that was theirs and uh, worked as a PR director and uh, branch manager for um, a big franchise here, okay. a real estate uh, broker, and got to learn a lot about managing mm. agents and seeing what they struggle with um, on the, you know, everyday basis. The everyday day to day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just, and watching the way that they're branding themselves and not really knowing how to brand themselves uh, along with the brokerage. It was a really strong brand that they're with. But you, how do you stand out when there's 700 agents that work with your company? How are you standing out as a brand? Right. You know? Yeah. And so I got to see that aspect of it. So let's fast forward to that yeah. then because that's what you're really passionate about right now and mm -hmm. that's about branding for businesses. Mm -hmm. Not just real estate, but branding for businesses. Yes. So something spoke to you about you know, a message to help people out, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well I, I feel like when it's uh, whenever I'm helping people, I always feel better. You know, they'll call me and, <laughs> and I, I have friends that call me and say, um, either they don't know what they want to do with their life, like how did you figure out, or they want to do something so bad but that job's mm. not available so i say if the job's not there create it okay um but i i have such a passion for that because it also like it excites me it fuels me it makes me feel better because i'm giving back to them i'm giving back to my friends and uh so that really helped me realize mm. that passion and branding also whenever i'm watching a movie a commercial it doesn't matter what it is i'll I always have to give feedback on it my okay. husband probably hates it. Um, so he'll, you know, I'll tell him like, oh, who are they marketing to? Or what's their message there? Or, That's not really clear. I understand what they're trying to do there, but it's, you know, so I'm always critiquing that. That's great though. Yeah. And it's, that it's gives a lot of feedback to the people that you're trying to help. Right. Well, it's, you know, to the commercial, I'm not actually talking to them. I'm just telling my husband yeah. and he's like, okay, let me just enjoy this show or whatever. <laughs> uh, so really having that experience and doing that, we go to restaurants, mm -hmm. we go to, we stay at a hotel. I always have something to say. Uh, so that made me realize, like, this is actually something I have an eye for, and okay. I, I've been told that. It's almost like the interior design, this. like the interior design for branding. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what I pick up with you. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that's how you're kind of critiquing yourself on that, but I think that's your message, right? You right. want to kind of just build them to what they can do and get them mm. to their full potential. Yeah. And even from the way that we dress to okay. the way the office looks, it all speaks to your brand. Okay. You know, and okay. so that's also what I always say it's all in the presentation. It is. It's always yeah. in the presentation. Definitely. So, so talk to me a little bit because you went through the real estate industry when it was actually going through its high and then right. you went through basically 2007 through 2009 really I think it dragged out until probably about 2010-11 right? Right it started really picking up in 12, yeah. okay. 2012. Okay so how did you survive all that? Uh, so, How'd you make it? Well my husband is a he has a steady job he's been okay. a teacher for 20 years now oh, okay. and so we had that steady income mm -hmm. we bought a home early on and well, he bought a home and then we transferred that equity into another house. Okay. And then we actually had to sell and lost money. Oh. And like everybody else, but we sure. got out, I, I told him, hey, the market's crashing. We have to get rid of this home. Mm. And we were in one of those like crazy loans that everybody, oh, you know, adjustable where we, or something. Yeah, where you have mm -hmm. four different payments that you can sure. choose from. The one that's your negative, negative amortization yeah. loan or, or paying some to principal. And so we just thought, you know, let's, it was before we had kids, we had mm -hmm. just gotten married mm -hmm. and we decided to sell it, lost probably 
you know, $50,000 like, yeah. like that. Yeah. And rented for a while, and then I just started watching the market. And I did a lot of short sales. So okay. how I survived was I adjusted to mm -hmm. the market. So his job allowed me to stay in real estate, okay, because we had that steady income. Sure. And then I had to adjust to what clients, the clients' needs were. Okay. And unfortunately, it was a lot of short sales. Mm. Uh, but because I'm so detail oriented, and because I want to help them so bad, it was like I really got to learn every step of the process, and I would. Um, inform them of what's going on and what's going to happen and uh, just really I mean these files took a year and a half to two years wow. to close sometimes wow. I can't even imagine wow. that now yeah um, working with a buyer who's gonna wait sure. for a home for a year and a half it's That's just insane pretty amazing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so the my shortest one my shortest one was uh, 21 days okay. I did a short sell for t for from the when the buyer wrote the offer on it to mm -hmm. closing escrow was 21 days. Mm -hmm. That's my unheard of number. It was a smaller bank, wow. and they allowed this lady not to foreclose. She was about to foreclose. Mm. Uh, the longest one that that it took was yeah, I would say like two years. But wow, one, one that's two hard years. to believe. Yeah, people kind of get you know hindsight now, right? They kind of mm -hmm. get that amnesia. Oh, it can't happen again. Right. But we're kind of getting to this place where our market is pretty high again, mm -hmm. and we know that there's going to be some change that'll come. Definitely. You know. Yeah. So. I'm going to ask you this question because if you were to tell your younger self by going through those experiences way back when, mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself to be prepared for that? Because I think we're going to try to be pre more prepared for this right. next this next turn of the markets eventually mm -hmm. that'll be coming here. Yeah, that's an awesome question. So, I would say buy something not as an investment. So, okay. uh, buy not something, buy a home not as an investment, mm -hmm. but as your home. And so a lot of people, they look at real estate as just an investment first. Sure. And so even when they're purchasing their first home, they're going, well, do the numbers make sense mm. only instead of do I actually want to live here? Yeah. Can, can I imagine raising my family here? Am I going to stay here for more than five years? When you look at it as a home first, sure. then the numbers come second. Then you can, you can um, power through the market shifting. Okay. Now, obviously, don't make bad choices, right? Don't sure. overextend yourself. Sure. And I think that the way that it's different from back in 2000 and, you know, seven and eight or six, seven and eight, the, 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 the difference back then was that people were actually buying homes that they really couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. And the lenders were saying, which they thought, you know, hey, the market's going to change or the market's going to keep going up. Sure. You can just refinance in six months. Sure. So they're relying on the ability to refinance and then the loans change sure. where you actually now you don't qualify. Mm -hmm. And then now your value's not there, so you can't refinance. Yeah. So now you're stuck in this weird loan. Some, some of them were stuck in balloon payments. I mean, it was a mess. Mm. And so that's not going on right now. We have a lot mm. of people that are in their 30-year fixed and they actually do qualify to be in that home. Mm -hmm. uh, but the market might change a little bit. It sure. might you know, come down in value. Uh, it's mm. consistently been about six to 8% you know, increasing every single year. Sure. But that might not happen. It might either you know, flat out or it might come down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if that's the home you wanna be in, then it's the home you want to be then in. Then it's the home you want to be in. Yeah. And, you know, thank God you're not in the situation where you're getting kicked out of your rental or right. subject to you're, you're paying $3,500 a month for rent. 
you know, so it's a little bit more secure. So being on this show, it's a money show, right? right yeah. So so we want to always ask people what their relationship is with money and mm -hmm. you kind of giving this this information back to people that are thinking about the purchase of their home, right. not just as an investment because you got to live somewhere, mm -hmm. right? And it's right. better to pay your mortgage whether the price goes up or goes down, mm -hmm. right? But what's your relationship with money today? How do you feel about money today? So I um, did a lot of stupid spending okay. throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I, I Money to me is, it's always been really easy to make it. Mm -hmm. um, like knock on wood here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's always been really easy to make it. And so I never valued it as much. Mm -hmm. um, so I... You know, when when you're bringing in big commissions like that at a young age, mm -hmm. and it's really easy to spend money, like mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. you know, just because, just because, just because. Yeah. So buying stupid stuff. Okay. Um, I now I'm really looking at it and being more careful with that, and really um, honoring my husband who wants to create a you know larger savings account. That's okay. his. You know, he's he's 11 years older than me. He has a more I would say conservative in the way that he was brought up. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants that savings account. He wants to invest in stocks. I'd mm -hmm. rather invest in a company or mm -hmm. in real estate than mm -hmm. in stocks. Okay. Um, so, so we're very different there, but really coming together and honoring what, what he wants to do also and, okay. and valuing money and not buying stupid stuff because mm -hmm. it all adds up. One thing I will say is avoid sales if you can't spend the money. Remove all the, um, the emails that give those coupons and discount codes <laughs> that try and tempt you to come into yes. Sephora to save 20%. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think that sales are great if you have to buy something. Mm -hmm. if, you're gonna, if you need to buy a pair of shoes, go get them on sale or go get them from Ross at a discount. Yeah. But if you're not in the market for shoes, don't go don't just, go don't hit go up shopping. a sell. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't just go shopping money. to shop. Yeah, yeah I, oh. I would shop to shop because shopping's fun to me. Uh -huh. It's kind of like a little therapy thing. Um, sure. The moment I picked up wine, you think that'd be cheaper, but it's, it's not. So I'd <laughs> it's rather another drink bad wine habit, than but... shop. Yeah, but, oh. it has little perks with it, right? Exactly. We get to rent it for a little while, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for Thank talking you. about your relationship with money today. Yeah, and that is really what I like to talk about on the show too, because money, especially in a marriage, is about a relationship, and it's about something that you both have a voice in. But it's a team, you know. It's it's a partnership that you want to have a good relationship with it. Um, all of us out there are in love with the fact that real estate is one of those things that we can have as a home first, you know, maybe an investment property second, but how can we expand? What can we do? How can we be a little bit more responsible and smarter about our money decisions and not just put all of our eggs in one basket? So it's that balance, you know, having liquidity for opportunity, it's key. But you know, I think one of the key things that Risha was saying too, don't just shop for the fact of it. You know, don't just use the, you know, don't get the credit card with just the miles on it to get the miles, you know, because there's always a cost to it. Don't just, uh, you know, add your, your Nordy bucks, if you will, which, you know, you all know that I was back in Nordstrom for about 10 years. So I, I understand these tactics to kind of get us back in there and want to shop. So think about those things, because if it's not necessarily driven by a purpose, maybe don't do it. Maybe consider it twice. And uh, again, when the holidays are on its way, it's just something that you need to budget for. You need to figure out maybe that one great gift. I read something over the weekend that you should pick four gifts per person if they're in your immediate family. And don't go overboard, but just think about something that's really meaningful and thoughtful for them. Again, take care. Thanks so much, Risha, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Um, and stay tuned for more episodes of Ways to Love Your Money to come next week.
The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.